Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here we talk about the connection between creativity and healing, and how we are creative, and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally. Join us now. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative View Healing, and welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Rachel Moore. Rachel is a licensed psychotherapist based in San Diego, California. She is trained in EMDR and focuses on working with creatives, including writers, artists, and musicians. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to talk to you about this because, um, you know, I I have some questions that I always ask, but then I want to know more because I've done EMDR myself. But let's just start with your story and your path that's brought you here. Let's start with that. Okay, wonderful. So, um, gosh, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> I'll start my uh, my undergraduate degrees in creative writing, and um, I was very determined not to get a job at the local newspaper, even though I had a lot of uh, journalism experience in school. And so I ended up getting a job at the local newspaper, and <laughs> I grew up in uh, Idaho, so not too far from, from uh, where you are um, up there. I ended up having a 14-year career as a copy editor. So I would write headlines, design news pages, um, really fun. And I, my brain really was attracted to the idea of starting at you know 3 p.m., putting out a paper by midnight, you're done, you go home, you start over again the next day. And, and I found that it was a great outlet for my creativity. What I realized at a certain point was missing was the emotional component, which in life is also important to me. Um, even though like, I remember at the beginning of my career, my dad would say like, no, you're helping people by writing headlines and, you know, having, attracting them to learn about things. Like I couldn't see those people though. <laughs> I didn't feel it, you know? I'd always had in the back of my mind, the idea of being a therapist. Um, I always kind of had that temperament, if you will. Various things happened and I decided in 2010 um, to leave the newspaper business and go back to school for my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. And now I've been licensed since 2017, been doing EMDR since 2016, uh, have my own private practice and I'm super happy being my own boss and um, got a full practice. And I also do, I should say, um, I, I do focus on creatives and then I'm starting actually in early February, I'm starting another Artist Way group based on the book, The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. We do 12 weeks, go through the book, super fun. Honestly, the most fun thing I do like in life. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Is that, uh, oh, and I'm in San Diego now, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Much warmer there now. So yeah. 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 So I, I, I'm just gonna jump in on The Artist Way because that's a, a program mm -hmm. that I also do. And um, what, what is your percentage of starters to finishers? I, I'm just curious. In the group? Yeah. Do they all finish? Do they? 70. 70% finish? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty yeah, what good. What about you? Yeah. I would yeah. say about 30. Oh, <laughs> oh 30%. Yeah, they, people do drop out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've done it live and online. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's. She and, talks and about I, that in the book, like expect the group makeup to change, I believe is how she puts it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's always great when people can actually go through the whole program. So, yeah, I love that you have a, yeah. a great finish rate. Uh, we'll and I tell people that like, it's so much easier to, in, to do it in a group than on your own too. Like I met like literally one human being who said they went through the book on their own. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> really? It's much easier. Know. And, and yeah. every time you go through it, you have more uh, insights, I think, 
right? Every time you go through it. Yes. I've read the book yeah. over and over and over and every time it feels new in different ways. Yeah. No, it's yeah. brilliant. That's, it's so fun. It's so yeah. Fun. Oh, that's great. So um, before we jump in to more things, I just want to ask the sort of the main question I ask everybody is what does healing with creativity mean to you? Wow. Um, you know, that's cool because that kind of leads me to think about EMDR. And I think part of the reason that I'm drawn to it is that it very much to me feels like a creative practice. I mean, we could you know, get into like the, the details and the technique or whatever, but really we're, we're kind of leaving the, we are, I think in many ways, leaving the logical brain out of it and seeing where the brain can make associations for healing that the logical brain as good as it is and as developed and smart and useful in so many ways, <laughs> when it comes to healing emotional things when it comes to healing issues of survival you know so I'm thinking about the back parts of the brain when it comes to the back parts of the brain the front part of the brain where our logic is centered it tends to be not super helpful um and I like that EMDR is kind of like we just kind of like can get around that and go really toward the source of uh healing that isn't available if we just think about our problems or if we just talk about them yeah. So now we'll dive into that because a lot of people right. may not know what EMDR is. So sure. can you tell us what that is? Okay. There we yeah. go. EMDR stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. I, it's so funny, all these techniques in therapy, like they all have really awkward names and acronyms, and that's just the way it is. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it just happens that way. So Essentially, the idea is that when trauma happens, and trauma can be anything what we call like a big T trauma or little T trauma. So big T traumas might be things we think about like, you know, tornadoes or um, avalanches <laughs> or, you know, car crashes, things like that. Little T traumas can be sort of like smaller, maybe even emotional slights that happen over a period of time or neglect, for example. Uh, and I'm talking, I'm speak, thinking specifically of with children, you know, that can be little t trauma that maybe happens over a period of time and also can have detrimental effects. So when trauma happens, it gets stuck in the brain so that if you get triggered, if you get reminded of it, you might feel like it's still happening or it's happening again right now. You might see, hear, feel the same sensations, um, have the same thoughts that you did back then. Trauma doesn't understand the passage of time because again, it doesn't really live in the logical parts of our brain. And nobody knows how or why EMDR works. We just know that it does work. And studies have shown that it works faster than uh, talk therapy. Um, the theory, one of the theories is that when you are in REM sleep, so rapid eye movement sleep, um, and your eyes are moving back and forth, that may be the brain's process of putting memories into order in your brain. Like for example, I was just an example of like, what did I have for lunch today? Oh, I think I can put that into long-term storage, right? Like, I don't think it's gonna be important unless there was like a cockroach in my lunch and then that might <laughs> be trauma or just something I need to address. <laughs> so um, they think that that's what might be happening. And when we do EMDR, we stimulate the information, which means we bring up the memory. Not, It's not like, Completely though, we always have one foot in the past, one foot in the present, and you as the client are always aware, you as the client are always in control of the process. We bring up the memory, we do eye movements back and forth, and there's 
various ways we do that online and in person, or other types of what we call bilateral stimulation. So that can be tapping back and forth, that could be sounds back and forth. It seems to help move the, the material around so that you can actually digest that trauma, get rid of the stuff that's not helpful for you anymore, that's really triggering, and keep the stuff that's useful because there are things we can learn. You know, kind of like I said, that weird example of the cockroach in the sandwich, right? It's like, oh, maybe I need to like clean the kitchen or whatever. Like there's things we can learn from the trauma that are also helpful. So that's that's kind of my nutshell explanation of it, yeah. Yeah, I always thought of it as sort of keeping the conscious mind busy so the subconscious could do the work. That that's how I look. Yeah, at it. because well, that's I've, another theory mm-hmm. is that when you when you tax the working memory, the the conscious memory, that that the for whatever reason the distress of the long term memories goes down. It's almost yeah. like they're in a war and one of them has to win and the the working memory wins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I found that it just moves things through so quickly the, the few times that I've done it. And yeah, I just, I think it's amazing for anybody who's dealing with trauma and, and needs to heal. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, check with your practitioner first before it to, to decide for you. But uh, it worked really well for me, really well for me. So is there a creative um, other than EMDR, which I think, mm-hmm. yeah, can be, especially the way the questions work and how you start to dig in, definitely creative. Um, but is there a creative healing modality that you use for yourself? Well, that's a great question. I actually have just recently, well, just recently in the pandemic, I bought myself a digital piano because I know that for me, historically, my whole life, the one thing I can always rely on to help me feel relaxed and get into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest, as opposed to the sympathetic nervous system, which is activate. Right? Mm-hmm. The one thing is sitting down at the piano. That will always calm me down. And I needed that. So <laughs> that was a great investment enjoying that. I also recently have um, started taking singing lessons again. And my teacher says she loves working with me because I understand all the psychological parts of what's happening. And so she doesn't have to necessarily also be a therapist with me, (laughs) which is cool. I mean, some things happen in singing though that I do take to my own therapy, right? Because it can bring up a lot of things and have bring up a lot of opportunities for healing, especially I think with singing because you you are the instrument. So everything that's happening in your body, your mind, your emotions is going to come out when you try to express yourself, which is beautiful and can, you know, lead to all sorts of discoveries. So yeah, that's how it's yeah. working for me. Yeah, I I have to say music or singing, because I've done singing as well. I'm not, I don't want to share my singing, <laughs> like I don't, but I like to take singing classes and be a part of that. I just don't want to perform. Um, but it does. It brings up because there's emotions that come up through that. And there's so many things that as you start to, especially if I find if I'm practicing at home and I'm alone and then everything just kind of like you can get into the flow, if you will, much more than I can yeah. in, with a group. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. I'm kind of like the next step up where I love singing with groups, but I don't necessarily want to be a soloist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like the group experience, but I don't want to be the one out front. Like, I'm good. That's cool. <laughs> I'll just, I'll stay back here. I'll sing along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Support everybody. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, everybody has their different way for sure. That's and true. now you talked about doing EMDR. I'm just going to jump back here. Sorry. Uh, sure. on Great. Online. And I hadn't yeah. thought of that because when I've done it, it's like 
there's a pulse in the palms, there's a sound in the ears, and then there's a wow. lights that I'm watching. All three. All three. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do you do that online? So when I uh, used to see people uh, in person in my office, and I'm 100% online now and have been uh, since early 2020, um, when I see pe- used to see people in my office, I would actually sit in front of them and do the eye movements in front of them. So I, what I'm doing is I'm moving my hand back and forth, uh, or I'd have like a stick with a ball on it and move it back and forth in front of their eyes. So I'd be kind of like right next to them doing that. And so because of that, I, I was convinced. I was like, there's no way that you can do EMDR therapy online. Mm-hmm. And then I was forced to do EMDR therapy online because that's what I do <laughs> and I needed to go online. And much to my happy, happy, pleasant surprise, I found that um, um, my clients were telling me it works exactly the same. And I found that new clients who I would only know virtually were having good results too. And, and lo and behold, it does. It, it works great online. And so what I do is I use a, um, instead of using my hands or anything, I have a, a, a program that has a little ball that goes back and forth. And then I just share the screen or whatever. And they follow with their eyes on their screen and, and it works great. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Because I think, you know, if we had to have dropped that for the last two years, that would have been really not great. So I'm glad that you found a way to to work through that because yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been feeling my heart has been going out to, for example, therapists of any modality who work with kids Mm. and weren't able to see them in person because man, it must be hard to keep a kid's attention on the screen. And there's so got so much screen time already with school. It's just that, that, that is tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you could make that work. So when you're, when you're working with clients and, and you're doing this EMDR, I, you don't have to get into mm. specifics, but I just want to ask you, you know, like when you start to see that sort of aha moment or, or they start to come out of that, can you sort of share that aha-ness, if you will? Does that make yeah. sense? Like, it does. I remember going to a tra- EMDR training once and then we do in EMDR again. Yeah. I don't need to get too technical about it, but we also do a part called the body scan, which is like, okay, you know, think about the memory and then, and this positive statement that you want to have now about it. And then just scan from the top of your head down and notice if anything feels weird or uncomfortable or hurty or whatever. I went to this training and they said, okay, while, while the client is doing the body scan and the eye movements and stuff, you, the clinician need to be doing a body scan what am I noticing in my body being with this person? Maybe our mirror mirror neurons, which is a whole other topic, or maybe our mirror neurons are jibing and I might be feeling what they're feeling. Now, I'm not saying that's always correct. I do say that I pay attention to that though. I notice that in my body. What's going on for me when I'm with this person, even in this virtual space? What do I notice is happening? Because what's happening inside me may be similar to what's happening inside them. And I'll check, you know, because again, I may be wrong. You know, and so I'll say like, gosh, you know, I'm, I notice that I'm feeling more relaxed. I wonder if you feel the same way. And um, they may say it, they may say, oh yeah. And then sometimes it is hard to explain how sometimes it's just obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we look at each other and we just kind of nod and we're like, yeah, yeah, you're there, you're there. And the cool thing about EMDR is that, like I said, I can ask, we can literally, we literally have scales that the client can give their subjective assessment, you know, okay, zero to 10, how much is this bothering you? They say, zero and and if they seem really clear about it and it's like well yeah okay cool clear great 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and you say that you work with creatives, so writers, artists, mm-hmm. musicians, and is that I'm blocking their creative process or is that just working through trauma so that they can release or do they use the creative? I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. No, (laughs) I know. It's so interesting. I mean, to be honest with you, the number one reason why I like working with creatives is to save both of us a lot of time. They can come to me. They can say like, Hey, I'm an artist. This is really important to me. This is my life. And I'll be, and I'll totally understand. I'll be like, yeah, I get it. Great. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Right. So that the, whatever it is that they're working on, it could be literally about performing, which of course, uh, you know, worked with people on a lot of times it's a lot of times it's about something different because <laughs> kind of like we were saying earlier, like when you're a singer and you are the instrument and everything that has happened, all of your experience informs that. Right. And so it, the topic could be anything. The topic could be a parent dying. The topic could be, you know, um, a, a religious, uh, uh, spiritual abuse. Um, the topic could be anything. And and I tend to, I always say this to my clients. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I tend to think everything's connected. Everything's related. So let's just work on this area over here and see if it might not affect this area over here. And more often than not, it, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, it's kind of a, vagueish type of answer but um yeah i i think that uh yeah the <laughs> working with creatives is mostly because i had an experience where i was explaining to a therapist about the piano thing and i was like oh my gosh i went to my friend's house before i had my own piano i went to my friend's house and they had a, a digital piano and it felt just like a real piano and it was so exciting for me and she's kind of like oh i don't understand you know like she didn't get it you know <laughs> whereas if somebody told that to me i'd be like yeah totally get it right and and just kind of having that um uh being on the same wavelength in that way I think can be really helpful reassuring and like I said just save a lot of time and confusion Mm -hmm. yeah you were talking about the creatives being you know easier not easier but like they're sort of more in tune and in touch right and then because it it allows I think part of being creative it allows us to be more in touch with what's happening because we it's almost like we feel at a different level sensitive yeah we have yeah. sensitivities i think yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i which find that be, which can inform and help our creativity and also can be hard on the personal level because we take things so deeply take things in so deeply yeah mm-hmm. and i think that's why when there's criticisms against your creative work a lot of creatives have a difficult time with that because of that sensitivity, right? Because you've poured your heart into it and you, and if someone doesn't like that, yeah, absolutely. And so COVID has changed your practice because you, of Mm -hmm. course, have gone online, but has it changed your creativity at all? Yeah, I want to sing in a choir and I haven't done that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I suppose, you know, I could do it online, I guess. But again, I already told you how reluctant I was to do EMDR online, right? I'm like, no, I can't. (laughs) It won't be the same. Maybe it would be the same. I don't know. Yeah, that is definitely. And on the other hand, or in addition, um, it has caused me to be more creative in my practice, at least. Right? Like, I had to figure out how to do this. I had to figure out how to put my entire business online immediately. Mm -hmm. 
And that was a real challenge and in a lot of ways a creative challenge, you know, because like, what do I even do? I mean, in the past couple of years, I've been in my office, then I've been at home in my living room and now I'm back in my office, even though I'm not seeing people in person, you know, you've had to be really flexible. Uh, which is a hallmark of creativity, right? Like super yeah. flexible with what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and it's it's been really interesting to watch how people have changed or not. And then that's been a problem, mm-hmm. right? But how people have changed through the pandemic. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. So I just want to thank you so much for being here today. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed yet? <sighs> Oh my gosh, I think that, um, yeah, I, I just wish, wish everybody the best, you know, and, 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 and earlier we were talking about, for example, how, how helpful EMDR is, and I, and I want to extend a little compassion to folks who maybe don't feel like they're quite there yet, and I'll use a personal story for that, which I've told many people about, but I, I, at the moment, I have an elevator phobia, like, I don't want to go in an elevator. Now, there are reasons. I had some claustrophobia before, but then I get stuck in an elevator a couple of times, and I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to go around. This going around way is totally working for me, right? And I know at a certain point in my life, before I die, probably won't work so great for me anymore going up and downstairs, right? (laughs) I know I'm going to have to address it. Now is not necessarily the time. So I would say if you're going along in life and you know you have an issue and maybe it'd be good if you went and got help maybe you're working you know like just be easy with yourself like you're you're at where you're at everything happens all in its good time I really believe that and um yeah and you'll know when you're ready to 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 move on and address something (laughs) you'll know (laughs) and you're never done I just want to add that (laughs) you're never done (laughs) every time I think okay there can't possibly be anything else oh I know oh Yes, there can. <laughs> so. Right. And it's okay to do therapy for a while and take a break and go back. It's not like you have to be in therapy forever or anything like that. Um, but yeah, there's always new understandings to reach. And that's exciting. That's what being alive is, right? Yes, absolutely. I, I seem to take, you know, a couple of year break and I was like, oh, I need a few appointments. And then I'll take a couple of year break. <laughs> exactly. Just right? a little tweaking. Try the stuff out, right? Like get to that plateau, see what works, see what doesn't work. Okay, it's working for a while. Okay, yeah, now I'm ready to go maybe a little deeper or whatever. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was really wonderful talking with you. I appreciate it. To our listeners, we will see you again next time. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Thank you for listening. If you found our podcast of interest, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you listen in. 